The military-industrial complex doesn't care about us. We need to stop sending our children to war and dying for the bankers and elites. The medical-industrial complex does not care about us. They need us sick and weak, so we can be patients for life. Stop taking their poison. The education system is merely an indoctrination program designed to supply the elites with obedient workers and turn over as much profit as possible at our expense. Let's turn off the television, put down the phone. Let's take our country back. Thanks for being one of us. You are listening to the Conspiracy Soldiers Podcast. What's up, ladies and germs? Welcome back to the show, Conspiracy Soldiers Podcast. I'm here with Julio. Or is it Pedro? Hello. Is it Pedro or Julio? Who knows <laughs> who might show up today? Pedro. <laughs> you got a split personality or what? It's one of the two. <laughs> All uh, right. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's doing good. Yeah, yeah, good morning. Well, you want to you want to get start with some of your stuff or you want me to? How about you get us started? Oh man. I want to hear some of you got. All right, so last the on the last episode if if you I mean if you if we got new listeners, that's a different story, but we were talking about Jacob Schiff and how he uh he was sent to America by the Roth Rothschilds to uh, get in with the American bankers and fuck them over and fuck us all over. And I just fucking went down a rabbit hole, man. It my notes look like a fucking hurricane. I got lines going back and forth trying to connect shit that I missed. So it might be a little, it might be pretty bad once I get going. But all right, so. Jacob Schiff, his father was Moses Schiff. He was a broker for the House of Rothschild. And his grandfather was George Fisher. No, wait a minute. See, I'm fucking up already. Anyway, all right, Jacob Schiff, born in 1885, died in 1920. Like I said, he was sent over here by the House of Rothschild. Got in with all the bankers. And what got me started on this was because uh, Adam Schiff. I was trying to connect the two, and it never happened. So it was kind of a dead end, but it it led me to some other shit that was kind of interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and, and point out how I got there. All right, so Jacob Schiff. Now, his son was Mortimer Schiff. He was also a banker, and he was uh, a Boy Scout leader, which is kind of a red flag. If you ask me, it kind of ties into fucking pedophilia and all that shit. Not that all, not that every Boy Scout and Boy Scout leader is is a pedophile, but I think people get into that type of shit for for a reason. If they are those type of people, you know what I mean? Am I right? Julio. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I kind of see it. I mean, there are good people in the Boy Scout program. Yeah, no, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm well, saying yeah, that. I mean, they gravitate to it because it's it's, it's such it's a group. I mean, you get all these uh, kids together all in one point. Why would you not gravitate to it if that's your thing? Right. It, and it's, I'm not, okay, so you got Boy Scouts, you got uh, priests, teachers, you know, any any kind of authority where you would be left alone with kids, the pedophiles are going gravi- to gravitate to that shit. Okay, so John Schiff, he was the... Uh, He was the the grandson of Jacob Schiff. He was a banker also, and he was into like racehorses and Kentucky Derby type shit. 
He was also in the Boy, uh, Boy Scout leader. He married Edith Baker, who was the granddaughter of George Fisher Baker. George Fisher Baker, at the time, this was around 1924, he was the third richest man in the world behind Ford and Rockefeller. All right. And so from John, we go from John Schiff. He married Edith Baker. His son was, well, his grandson was Andrew Schiff. His son, David Schiff, was kind of, kind of just a dud. He didn't really stand out in any way. The grandson, Andrew Schiff, he married Al Gore's daughter, Karina, in 1997. Okay, and then John Schiff's granddaughter, Dorothy Schiff, was the owner of the New York Post, and she was interested in, like, social reform and welfare programs and shit like that, and so I, that's where I kind of ran into a dead end, but the fact that, uh, The fact that John Schiff married the granddaughter of George Fisher Baker, that kind of got me going on to uh, to him. So George Fisher Baker, he was a member of the Jekyll Island Club. Are you familiar with that? You don't know anything about Jekyll Island? That's where... Uh, That's where they met to uh, discuss implementing the Federal Reserve in the United States. Well, worldwide, really. But Jekyll Island was owned by J.P. Morgan. You know who that is? Yep. Okay. So the, let's see. The Jekyll Island, the meeting, the, the, the meeting was a 10-day meeting in 1910 form the, the Federal Reserve and so do you know about how Jekyll Island and the Federal Reserve ties into the ti- the Titanic no curious to find out okay alright so supposedly of course all the people on the Titanic were wealthy 1500 people died <clears throat> But supposedly, a lot of the people that were opposed to central banking and the Federal Reserve were on the ship when the Titanic sank. And J.P. Morgan, he set the whole thing up, and then he backed out at the last minute. But then he went on to form the to you know have the meeting to form the Federal Reserve. So it's kind of a conspiracy that he was trying to get rid of the powerful people that were opposed to central banking. And that's the whole, that's the gist of it. But anyway, okay, so. Well, there's another conspiracy about the Titanic too. Uh, it was constructed in Belfast by Catholic workers. And the, the serial number on the hull was 3909-04. And if you look at that upside down, they they were trying to say that it spells out no pope with the numbers upside down. Yeah, they might have just been fucking fanatic. I don't know. Supposedly that was de- debunked. All right, so the the people that were on, uh, I'll tell you some of the names of the people that were against the Federal Reserve that were on board here. It was uh, John Astor, Ben Guggenheim, and Isidore Strauss. And like I said, J.P. Morgan canceled at the last minute, and he was the owner of the White Star Line, which is the company that, that ran the Titanic and some other ships. He bought it in 1902, And it went down in 1912. 
And then he defaulted on it in 1914, a couple years after it sank. So, and then I got into some other shit, but I don't want to keep rambling on because I got, I got, it goes into where the the Rothschilds transfer of gold to the Soviets. Oh, God damn. Yeah, I'll get, I'll continue with that here in a little bit, but. Go ahead and uh, let's talk about some of the stuff you wanted to talk about. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, what I want to talk about kind of goes along with what you're talking about is um, this involvement with these families, these Titan families, uh, not just in the early 1900s, but they've been around since the great, like, I, I really don't know what to call it. Reset that we were kind of talking about uh, in the 1700s where these families came together and decided the fate of the rest of the world. They united on this agenda and uh, he asked uh, J.P. Morgan, all those guys started controlling the narrative of everything we know and do. And... Um, kind of crazy um, who are the who are these modern day guys nowadays ask yourself well I mean you still got the, the Rothschilds are still involved in just about everything I mean yeah. we, t- we, we talked about it in other episodes you know it's like if you look at the United Nations World Economic Forum, you know, uh, those type of, they're involved in, in these type of groups. And some they of them, are. some of them change their names and some of them don't. Like That's you know, the thing. Uh, this whole shift, Adam shift and everything, I'm telling you, that's what they do. They, they try to like obscure their names, uh, but it's, but it's all the same families. Right. Um, they try to like diversify as much as they can their their um, their intent, their their uh, media portrayal, their own family names. They will branch out in any way, shape, or form to kind of like stay hidden. They will never be at the front. You're right. gonna hear about the Kardashians first. You're gonna <laughs> you're never gonna hear about a Rothschild or a Morgan. Anything right. like that. And there's probably people above them that are actually really running shit. Like you do hear about the Ro- the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, but there's people that you ain't never gonna hear about, and those yeah. those are the really powerful ones. But e- but even still, I mean, like when you look at a like uh, like Forbes richest people list, are the Rothschilds in that? Oh, uh, you froze up. Rockefellers on that list? Uh, no. I don't, I don't I think mean, they if are. If somebody can answer that, I, I would be glad to listen to it. But, I mean, like, it seems like the media portrays and pushes, you know, like Kardashians, uh, like these media people as the richest people in the world, as the uh, the biggest influencers. And that's not the truth. The truth. Oh, you're freezing up again. Julio, you there? You froze up a little bit. Okay. I got got a, a theory why these people aren't on those lists. Because... Their, their money is not documented because they are the ones that control the banks. You know, like, Correct. nobody knows how much money they got because it's not on record. And for that matter, like super wealthy people, their fucking identity isn't even documented. They got their own doctors and shit, right? So they got a great big mansion. Doctor lives on, on the premises. So when when a woman has a child, 
the child is born right there in the house. There's no social security number, you know. What do they need a social security number? They're not ever going to have to get a job because they're just going to take over the family business, right? They got it all figured out. Yeah, I guess uh, they're lucky that they won't have a uh, a gender-affirming harsh Nazi doctor there to affirm the gender of the baby, which is a great thing in today's world. But... Um, yeah, you're right. Are even these people even registered? Well, not the... Those are the ones we were talking about. The ones that you don't know. Yeah. They. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Their identity is non-existent. As far as records go. That sounds like some devilish shit, man. <laughs> I mean, in reality, that's the way it should be. It was up to me there would be no federal government. You know what I mean? But what yeah, do I know? But it's, in re- but it's in reverse here. Right. Yeah, the bad people are doing... They got it going on the way it's supposed to be. And we're all fucking slaves to the system. <clears throat> all right. Uh, okay, so I, I got on a fucking roll there talking about... What was when I was talking about Jacob Schiff and all that shit, and then we wound up talking about J.P. Morgan, the Titanic, blah blah blah. So then I got, <clears throat> I made an attempt to build a timeline of this shit. Okay, so all right, so 1890, Junius Junius Morgan the third, he died in a car crash. That was when J.P. Morgan takes over for the United States uh, Rothschild Banking Empire. 1892, Lord Rosebery Rothschild inherited the empire after the death of Lady Hannah Rothschild, making him the wealthiest man in Britain. Shortly afterward, he shipped roughly $20 million in gold to Russia, in order to declare them a threat to Britain, which was a false flag to start World War One, and that goes in accordance with the writings of Albert Albert Pike. Are you familiar with him? Okay. I've been I, I've been hearing his name a lot more recently. I forget what I was listening to, but his name came up. Well, he was uh. He was a very powerful Freemason, and he wrote a he wrote a book, and I don't know exactly offhand what the name of the book was, or no, it was basically just notes. Okay, yeah, he had some notes that he was. Uh, so back then they sent people on horseback, like fucking deliver notes and mail and shit like that. So. He sent this he sent these notes and it was basically detailing uh it was like a three world war program for the freemasons to take over the world. Well, this dude on horseback he got struck by lightning. And the An fuck of god they he, call it. Yes, he got struck by lightning and these notes were were handed over to the Bavarian government, and it's yeah. Supposedly you can go see this shit in some museum. It's fucking crazy. But he was detailing how we how they the Freemasons needed three world wars to accomplish whatever the fuck they're trying to accomplish. Okay, and then. I already kind of covered this. So 1910, J.P. Morgan holds a meeting on Jekyll Island. But in 1910, at the time when they were trying to do all this shit, William Taft was in office and he didn't take no shit. So they had to wait for him to be replaced with Woodrow Wilson, who was a puppet for the 
for this fucking program. And he was in office from 1913 to 1921. Um, so he probably went into office like in November. So in December, a month after he got in there, 1913, he signed into law. He signed it into law where they could do this shit. And there's another kind of a, another conspiracy about about all that. So, in order to get Wilson in office, so Teddy Roosevelt was president before Taft, and I'm pretty sure he was a piece of shit too. But like I said, Taft was a. Uh, he wasn't in the system. At least that's how I feel. Teddy Roosevelt was, and Wilson Wilson definitely was. So Teddy Roosevelt, he lost to Taft, and then when Taft was going up against Wilson, Teddy Roosevelt comes back out. So he was a Republican. Wilson was a Democrat. Taft was also a Republican. So Roosevelt ran as a third-party progressive to steal votes from Taft in order for them to get Wilson in there and accomplish what they want to accomplish with the Federal Reserve. So, that's all I have on that. But it's kind of interesting. And I don't know where how I got the fucking Woodrow Wilson from Jacob Schiff, but that's... <laughs> I don't fucking know, but that's how it wound up. Yeah, I, I told you that in, the, in that link you sent me about the, uh, the cabal. The Rothschilds were able to purchase all the stock for pennies on the dollar and decimate the European stock markets. Right. And that's how they started gaining control. That's how they became the operators of the economics. They say, we don't care about who's in charge, who wins wars or anything, as long as we control the economics. That's all that matters to them. And they will, they will funnel using scholarships not just the Rothschilds but the J.P. Morgans uh, all those big titanings you know using the Fulbright scholarship, Rhodes scholarships all these endowments and philanthropy they hide behind all that to make it look like they're doing a good thing but they're really not they're just they're still controlling the whole setup the Rhodes scholarship what happens. yeah is that Cecil Rhodes? Because his, his name came up a lot, too. I got on a kind of a rabbit hole, went down a rabbit hole about him. He's another he's another one. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. I mean, that that's worthy of looking up. I mean, it's from the University of Oxford. Um... Are you familiar? It really give me a name, but what's that? It doesn't really give me a name, but um, is it, it could be? Is it R H O D E S? Yes. Okay. Cecil. I'm pretty John sure it's Rose. him. Cecil. Cecil Rhodes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, We're gonna have to do an all, episode on him. It, it's all just to control the education system. Right. And also to funnel uh, people from these families into higher positions. Because their philosophy is make these people the authorities and the subjects that we want to control. And yeah. then put them in charge and then push our agenda. Yeah, it's, it's not education, it's an indoctrination program. Correct. So we're not really... All these, all these uh, authorities and education are kind of like puppets and uh, yeah it sucks when you realize it right did you go to college yeah I'm sorry to hear that (laughs) (laughs) so I went to a uh, I was blessed I'm going to say I'm blessed because I was that's a good way to look at it it is 
that I went to a uh, Jesuit high school here in Toledo. Okay. Central Catholic? St. John's. Okay. And I had the best high school experience one could ever imagine. Ah, you froze up again. Shit. Nadby. Okay. Another Jesuit institution. And then now I'm... (laughs) And now here I am on a podcast and I kind of know about the... uh, you know, the Society of Jesus, the indoctrination, their involvement with the Vatican, their creatment of the Big Bang Theory, their creatment of so many other things, you know. Yeah, man, we all we all get involved with it. Look at me. I was in the fucking military. I was in the uh, infantry unit fighting for these motherfuckers <laughs> for reasons that unknown to me at the time. I'm, I'm over there killing people. And it was all for bullshit. Even back then, that, that's kind of one of the ways I got involved in uh, conspiracies and shit. Because I would come home and people would be like, oh, yeah, I seen on the news and this is going on and this and that. And I'm like, the fuck are you even talking about? None of that's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just all bullshit. I mean, and, and you know what's crazy? I can say the same exact thing about the narrative about the Jesuits. I have no complaints. I never saw any of the stuff that I think I see nowadays. Well, um, I got treated very well. They, uh, like, I, w- I was always, uh, I came from a very poor family, and so I had to, like, wait for my parents to pick me up. And the Jesuits treated me very kindly. Like, they would invite me over for dinner and uh, would kind of, like, watch out for me. Like, I never experienced anything that would fall into, like, a conspiracy thing or a sexual abuse thing or anything. Uh, the people I met, the Jesuits that I met, were very wholesome. So for me to kind of, like, wake up to this idea that the... Society of Jesus might have something to do with the shape of what we believe in and are taught to believe in and the education system, the indoctrination, the whole thing with the Vatican. It's just, to me, it's like, I'm like, wow, I would have never thought when I was in high school that I would question so much. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, it's... This is all lower level shit. Like you were a low level Jesuit, your teachers, the principal. Yeah. These, it's like, it's the same thing we talked about with the Freemasons. Like lower level Freemasons, they don't know shit. All they're doing is out here doing charity for their neighborhoods. They're not bad people. But like once you, once you get up to like the Albert Pike level, that's where the bad shit goes on. So, like, your everyday Jesuits are good people, like just like you were talking about. But once you get up to the Vatican level, okay, now you got some fucking demonic shit going on, all right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a... This is a funny, uh, a funny story about a Freemason. I had a friend. He was, um, he was addicted to pills. And uh, he was kind of flaky. He kind of—I kind of met him, and uh, he acted okay. But I kind of caught on that something was going on. He actually relieved me of my Wellbutrin. He saw it on my on my counter and was like, "Oh yeah, you know, like my mom, you know, blah blah blah, some excuse." And I'm like, "Dude, take it. I don't like that stuff." And uh, he took it, and then he kind of disappeared. He Is that a painkiller? Yeah, it's gabapentin, well, butrin. Yeah, I don't. I never heard of that one. Yeah, from the podcast with. um, Oh, Brian. Yeah. Okay. Also, it's uh, is it, is it a depression, uh, medicine or is it? It, It's something like that. Okay. And uh, and uh, I stopped taking it. So. A couple weeks later, 
he's out in California being on a like a big brother show with like five other guys living in a house sponsored by these rich guys here in Toledo and they're filming a show and pretty much his dad and his mom reached out to me to help him try to come back and I'm like I don't know how to reach him but anyway so time goes by he comes back he has now become a Freemason huh in California So whatever happened with that? Anything? <laughs> the thing is, it kind of shocks me. Like, is it? It kind of goes back to what they say about this. Um, we were talking about it with the Mormons in Utah, and about why the CIA recruits in Utah, and it might be based on the water. Like, you gotta have a serious commitment to these things. Right. Like, you gotta be willing to lie. You gotta be willing, and and kind of goes back to what you were saying about. If you're lying for God, it's okay. In the Mormon faith, yeah. And, and I believe that in even in government. Oh, yeah. As long as if you're willing to... It's okay to lie for the government to cover up whatever. Now, anytime you got a job that requires votes, the whole, the whole fucking deal is just try to keep people happy without telling them the truth, what you're really doing, you know, like... Uh, you just got to keep them, keep everybody happy at whatever cost, which includes lying and any other kind of deception that's involved with it. Uh, all right. So, well, you got any other topics? I, I really do not think that this this friend of mine or who I used to know should be a fucking Freemason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Oh my god. Like, I wouldn't trust this guy. Like, he kind of, like, did me dirty. And he's... Oh, you froze up again. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Froze up a couple times here. Ain't no big deal. <clears throat> yeah, I always like driving um, past Freemason, uh, like, halls or whatever. There's no, never anybody there. Well, they only have meetings like probably what, either once a week or once a month. But there should be a couple people there at any given time in case somebody wants to sign up or something. That reminds me. I got a buddy. His dad, uh, his dad signed up for the Freemasons just to figure out what the fuck they were up to i don't know how <laughs> i don't know how high he got right and i keep asking him hey man let me get your dad's number i wanted to get him on the show he's like man you ain't you ain't bringing my pops on that podcast man get out of here <laughs> uh, I, I would like to do like an alex jones at uh bohemian grove kind of thing with them oh that'd be <laughs> fucking sweet <laughs> So, you you got anything else you got? Yeah. Um, so, like, this whole climate change thing. They are, uh, insurance policies are changing in Florida and California. In California due to the fires and in Florida due to the coastal thing. You know, like, uh, the water coming in from the coast... I mean, I think it's kind of right. But at the same time, I also feel that there's there's an agenda behind this. So we talk about climate change and then we're, we're penalizing people for living in these areas. And I think they kind of go hand in hand to just kind of like create chaos. Because... I don't know. I don't think these fires are coming from the sun. I don't think these fires are coming from it being too hot. I don't believe that the the coastal things are coming from 
from water themselves. It just comes from common sense. Like, we shouldn't be building on cliff sides. But we people still do it. Right. Um, it almost seems like an agenda just based on craziness. More than anything. And um, the insurance policies, to me, make sense. But people are freaking out about them. And I think that there's a lunacy behind that. Well, what are they? I, I don't know. What you, I don't really know what you're talking about. You got to explain. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, if you're building in a in a in a in a like, people are complaining that they are insulating their houses. They're making their houses uh, with metal siding, metal roofs. Uh, they're eliminating any plant material or foliage around their property to prevent fires from coming. Oh, okay. Um, like, they're doing a lot of things that I think um, eradicate the environment. So, the, the, the fire threat, that would be more like California. And then Florida would be like... The coastal. Yeah, like hurricanes uh flooding and shit like that right yep have you heard of the harp program horse okay there's a th- conspiracy theory out there that the harp controls the weather i mean look at haiti haiti gets fucking slammed with with fucking hurricanes and all that type of shit so much it's like they're either cursed because they're down there doing voodoo and shit, or they're being targeted by heart, you know? They've been doing this since, um, maybe not with heart, but with, like, uh, cloud seeding. Oh, yeah. Viet- Vietnam. Yeah. That's the whole uh, Agent Orange thing. So they had... Not ju- go ahead, go ahead, my bad. Not just that, but they were, uh, in order to, to uh, eliminate the transport of, uh, of, of goods, they were uh, flooding the Ho Chi Minh Trail with water. Yeah, so like they couldn't eat. The, yep. the rice patties and shit. They were trying to yep. starve them out. But that's where, uh, you know, I got a neighbor across the street. He was in Nam. He's got Agent Orange. But I was looking into that shit, too. This was a while ago. But they had three... They had like Agent Orange, Agent White, and Agent Purple. One was to kill the plants, one was to kill the animals, and one was to kill the people. And I'm pretty sure since Agent Orange is the most popular one, it's probably the weakest one, you know, so they can cover their tracks. But but when people are fucking catching cancer and shit, it's probably not really Agent Orange. It's probably one of the other ones that they've covered up. But yeah. who knows, man. Now I forget what we were talking about. How <laughs> about the, uh, the fires and the... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, insurance companies are fucking evil to begin with. I mean, the pharmaceutical and insurance companies were fucking hand-in-hand like with shit like COVID. You know, our tax money was going to the insurance companies, which was paying. They were giving their our money back to farm the pharmaceutical companies. You know what I mean? It's it's a vicious cycle, man. It's bullshit. So I got on a. Uh, I went down another rabbit hole about. It's a. A Bible issue, or not an issue, uh, something from the Bible. I was looking at the story of Ishmael and Isaac. Do you know anything about that? Just very little. I thought you went to Jesuit. uh, Well, I know that Ishmael and Isaac were pals, but. No, they were brothers. They were brothers. Well, half brothers. Abraham. Yeah, uh, yeah. One was uh, the lineage of the Jews. The other one was the lineage of the Arabs. Right. 
which is very interesting. Yep. All right. I took some notes here. I'm not. I'm not a theologist. I don't know. So I just took notes. I don't. Okay, so Abraham was 86 when he had Ishmael. And he was 100 when he had Isaac. And these stories. So like even if you can read it in the in uh, the Quran or you can read it in the Bible, you can read it in the. These stories are consistent in all Abrahamic texts. And I think, I've talked about this before, but just about any religion you look into, it goes back to a flood. I mean, I think there's truth in every religion, but I also think there's deception in every religion. Because anything that mankind has a hand in, he's going to fuck it up, right? And supposedly they say the Bible is protected by God. But uh, you also have free will. So you got to remember that. God gave us free will, right? So mankind's going to fuck, fuck up anything that we're involved in. All right, so Ishmael is considered to be the father of Islam. And in the Quran, he's considered to be an ancestor of Muhammad. Isaac is an ancestor of Moses and Jesus, or Yeshua. And he's the father of Judaism or Christianity or whatever your your faith is. Okay, and Isaac was the father of Jacob. He had 12 sons, and that those became the children of Israel. And Jacob was known to be deceitful, deceptive. And so he was he was kind of a a bad person at least until he changed his name to at some point in the Bible he his name became Israel. And that got me looking into some other sh- pagan shit. And there's a theory out there that Israel is a combination of three gods. You still out there? Your picture went down. Julio. Hold on, hold on. No, I'm here. Okay. My picture went out, but I'm here. All right. I was reading (laughs) while I was listening to you. Have you heard this? So Israel, the name Israel is a combination of three Pagan, Egyptian, whatever you want to call it. Three, like, pagan gods. No, I had not heard okay. that. Okay. So, Is-Rai. Is-Ra-El. Is is Isis. That's the divine feminine Egyptian goddess, Isis. Or moon goddess. Moon Moon, the moon goddess is said to be our lower consciousness. And it has no light of its own. Its light comes from the sun god, Ra. Uh, what is it? Amon-Ra, the sun god. So you got Is-Ra. Alright. Amon-Ra, the divine masculine father, Egyptian sun god. Similar to Zeus in Greek religion or mythology, Ra was said to have carried the sun across the sky in his headdress in solar boats. Said to protect the Egyptians from harm. Okay, Is-Ra-El. El, or Elohim. Elohim is God or the spirit of God in Hebrew texts. Grammatically plural for gods. Alright. And it's said that all this shit came together like around the time of the Battle of Jericho. You familiar with that? No, I'm not. That's where they blew the horns and knocked the walls down and all that. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Now I know. Um, 
the Battle of Jericho. That's where Joshua led Israelites across the Jordan River. And the priests were instructed by God to march six days around the... So it was basically like... Uh, you would look at it like a military fortress. Because they had walls. I think everybody had those walls back then. Because shit was... A lot of fucking fighting going on and stuff. But anyway... The priests were instructed by God to march six days around the walls of Jericho with seven trumpets to collapse the walls of Jericho. And I don't know what symbolism the seven trumpets in six days has, but I'm sure it's something. We could look into that another time. <laughs> and uh, let's see. the Yeah, so the, they're blowing the trumpets to collapse the walls of Jericho. And the people of Jericho in that in that era, they worshipped the moon god. So the, the feminine Isis, maybe. I mean, there's a couple different moon gods. And the Israelites in that time were polytheistic, which means they worshipped more than one god. So they had Yahweh, El, Baal, which is... Most people look at him as like a demonic god. You know who that is? Yep. Okay, yeah. Baal. Baal, yeah. I don't. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> and uh, they also worshipped a moon goddess, Asherah. I don't know. But uh, that's the end of that story. <laughs> that's all I looked up. But it's interesting, ain't it? It is. It is. Um, I've been. I forget what I was reading, and I found out that ISIS was a god. I thought ISIS was just like a terrorist group. Oh yeah, yeah. You mean ISIS over there, like? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, funny, uh, ain't it? Yeah. Things I go full circle. And then check this out. Uh, something I found out too was. Um, I don't know if you ever heard this about the discovery of ancient ruined sites and the fact that, like, there exist pictures of these ruined sites from, like, 1800s and the way they look today. And they don't look anything like they looked back in the 1800s. They look set up, like, as a tourist attraction. So you will have like, like they're, they're freezing up again. Discovered. What's that? And Repeat. You froze up for a second. Say that again. Yeah, ancient. There are pictures of ancient ruins of how they looked uh -huh. when they were first discovered, and how they look today. They are selling us a narrative. They are selling us a history. So check this out. Hundred percent. What if ISIS was destroying these relics, these monuments back there because they knew that it was fake history? Oh, yeah. I did read a story about that. What? Damn. What was that that they, uh, yeah. Yeah, that is, that's crazy. I know what you're talking about now. Um, I would have never, I would have never even considered that as a, as a thing. And um, I kind of looked into it, and I'm like, maybe it is. Like, I'm not an authority or anything. I can't say I I dove deep into it, but just from the surface, I can, like, maybe, maybe they were standing up against that. And right. that's why we fought them. And, f and for the listeners that might not know what, he, what Julio is talking about, this is in the Middle East, correct? Correct. Yeah. And I can't fucking remember what what the uh, the shit that they destroyed was. I, you don't remember? It's bugging the shit no. out of me. Yeah. No, but I mean, it even goes back to uh, Saddam Hussein's Stargate that the government was supposedly going after, trying to suppress. Yeah, man. Anytime, uh, anytime a leader like like or Gaddafi. Anytime a leader tries to go against the bank, the central banking system, yep, they become public enemy number one. Correct. Yeah, same thing with Gaddafi. I mean, that's a 
He said stuff that was true. Right. He said stuff that, that came out to light. And then you got to wonder, I mean, you got to ask yourself, is that why we targeted him? That's exactly why. Yeah. But, I don't know, people are just not... I don't know, they can just... They cannot connect the dots. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's what TV's for, to fucking distract people and keep them from looking into shit, right? Fucking bread and circus show and all that. I'm guilty myself. I fucking love football. Yeah. It's my weakness. (laughs) What team you go for? The Browns, man. I'm from Akron. Oh, shit. Oh, you're a Steelers fan, aren't you? Ravens. Oh, God. I don't... He's my boy. I don't... My my arch rival is the Steelers. I mean, even though the Browns moved to Baltimore back in the day, I don't... I mean, I just fucking hate the Steelers. I can't help it. I should... You would think I would hate the Ravens, but I really don't. But of course, I, of course, I want to. We we want to win every game, you know. But of course, of course. Yeah, no, I do. I do like the Browns. They're they're my hometown team. Uh, but I did spend some time out in uh, Maryland, and uh, I love watching football with the guys out there. Yeah. And uh, it kind of like stuck with me. I have a couple jerseys that my wife got me. <laughs> well, yeah. we can talk about this off air because. Conspiracy people don't give a flying fuck about football. Well, we, I mean, we're conspiracy people. You never know, but there's conspiracies in football. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, there are. You know, I just, uh, I just read the uh, the Blind Side, the book. Oh yeah. You know there's the movie The Blind Side with. Uh, well, he was on the Ravens, right? Yeah, yeah, he was on the Ravens. But What's his name? The Disney movie. Uh, it's a Disney movie. Yeah. Well, you know it's evil then. Uh, but the book is completely different than the movie. Oh yeah, every time it all, that always happens. And uh, it talked. I froze up again. Family helping support Michael Orr. Yeah, Michael Orr. Okay. Player. Yeah, they they were accusing them of pretty much taking a, a black boy from the inner city. And putting him in a Catholic institution to support their football team. Well, and then the NCAA, when he was able to go to college, accused him of the same thing. Pretty much taking somebody from the inner city and and just using him for their talents to get rich and famous. And this was a white family that already was rich. That sounds familiar to another story. You know where I'm going? Colin Kaepernick. Same thing. A writ, he he uh so his mom was like a crackhead or something. And I don't know if they if the family knew her or I I don't know the the whole story behind it. But a rich white family took Colin Kaepernick in. That's why his last name's Kaepernick, because they were, I think they were Kaepernicks. And they adopted him. And then, you know, they put him in sports. And and he, uh, he excelled, and then he wound up going to college, you know, going to the NFL. And it wasn't until, until he uh, got benched. And that's when he threw his little hissy fit and started taking a knee. And that's what I really think it was about. So, I mean, and he doesn't, you know, all the stuff these people did for him, he doesn't fucking respect them. He talks shit about them now. He's just a real piece of shit. You're right about that one. Uh, What I will say about Michael Orr is that he embraced his white family like he he stood up for them when all the white people were coming against them like attacking them huh and um, so that's kind of cool I, I appreciate that because you know like Copernic and there's other examples 
I, I, in fact, I believe I even went to high school with some people like that. Yeah. And um, it's unfortunate because I don't know. There, there. Sometimes there isn't another agenda involved. It's just straight up trying to help somebody. Yeah. You know, like I have a neighbor um, at work. I tell, like, when we when we have a mess of pizza or something, I say, "Hey." I'm going to take it home and give it to my dogs. But in reality, I have a neighbor that, you know, like her husband died like a year ago. And I know that she's gone skinny. And any time that I've ever offered her like leftover pizza, she's never turned it down. Yeah. So I know that something's going on. Yeah. You know, like. Um, Is she older? Yeah. Yeah. So she don't work or nothing. She's probably on Social Security. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get by, man, in a situation like that. Yeah, I I forget where I was coming from on this thread, but I mean, like, you got to look out for people like that. You know, like, um, you need more of that in in being neighbors and being friends and being relatives to one another. Kind of sucks when people are, like, putting up their differences so much that they can even help one another. Right. But at the same time, like I'll see a guy standing by the, by the expressway, uh, you know, begging for change or whatever. Motherfuckers like 30 years old, physically fit. Like what the fuck are you doing, dude? It's probably on drugs, you know, can't pass a piss test or whatever reason, but I ain't, I'm not giving money to those people. But an old lady, yeah, I mean, not th- not where I'm at now, but my old neighborhood, it was, the whole fucking street was like old people, right? I'd go out shoveling when it, anytime it snowed, it doesn't snow too much anymore, damn climate, climate change, global warming, <laughs> kidding. But uh, I, when I would go out shoveling, it was an all day fucking thing because it was nothing but senior citizens on my street, you know. So I, I'm dry, I'm shoveling the whole fucking sidewalk, everybody's driveway, you know. That's the way I did it because they were old, you know. Yeah. But if but if That's I seen a, if I would see a, you know, say if it, if it was a 30 year old dude, I, he didn't shovel his driveway yet. Well, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it for all the old people, you know. Yeah, no, that, you know what, that's one of the things I love about my street, which goes back to that Jason Aldean song, Don't Try to Shit on My Street, because, <laughs> like, trust me, you will not make it, like, three three houses, maybe four houses down with somebody noticing what's up, and... Froze up again. Like, uh, when my daughter was younger, she would be playing out in the front, and I would see the neighbors looking out. I appreciate that. Right. You know, like, if I wasn't able to be out there, they would be out there for her. Like, I love that. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, there, I think there would have been a time when I was younger that I would have been, like, nosy-ass neighbors. <laughs> right. Yeah. But now it, it's a gift. It's really what it is. Yeah. You know, that community taking care of each other. And uh, I wouldn't give it up for anything, man. That that's the way it needs to be. We need more of that. Yeah, and we don't need a fucking government taking care of us. That's what no, that's no. what these Democrats don't understand. It makes them feel warm and fuzzy because they got Big Brother fucking taking care of them. Well, you don't need that, man. We got each other. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I want to get rid of the federal government, but that's a very difficult task. <laughs> Ah, uh, shit. I don't know. It's been about an hour now. You got anything yeah, else? Uh, no. We can stuff to that we're going to hit up next time, man. Yeah, we can. Uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, yeah. As <laughs> soon as T comes back. Yeah. So I, I hit him up on uh, Instagram. I think it was Monday. And he said nine days. So he should be ready by Friday. And then I got another lady I'm talking to. 
your it's... relative. Your non-relative relative. Yeah, I told you about her. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, so anybody's got any questions, comments, bitches, gripes, complaints, conspiracy soldiers at yahoo.com or hit us up on uh, conspiracy soldiers on Instagram. And if you like if you don't like the show, send us a, send us an email. I want I want some hate mail so we can laugh at you. <laughs> but if you like the show, tell your friends and stuff, please. Give us a good review. All right, thanks for listening everybody. Peace out. Pedro out. Pedro.